Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. It's Mark Allen, your host. And today I have Colin Clay back with Virtus Insurance. Colin, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. So we saw each other in January, a little different time pre-COVID. Um, starting to think, man, we may not even have the National Multi-Housing Conference this next January in San Diego. I know, it's crazy. Uh, that seems like, NMHC seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and yeah, I I, I'm getting nervous whether uh, whether we'll be out in San Diego or not, and if you know, even if they do hold it, how many people are going to come out? You know, it's usually five, six thousand people plus. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, I know it's something I look forward to because it, it it you know kind of initiates the year, and it's great to you know connect with a lot of industry professionals like yourself and. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, back-to-back meetings, but then have a drink at the end of the day and kind of relax. 100%. It's a great so, start to the year and a great way to, you know, uh, cut down on travel time. Meeting people from all over the country in one spot is, is, uh, is great. Yeah. Well, let's not look to the past. Let's look to the future. Today, we're going to talk insurance. Um, so, with that go ahead and tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about your company and uh, how you work with multifamily owners and uh, operators. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So Virtus is an insurance brokerage. We're headquartered out of Kansas city. Um, I'm originally from Dallas Fort Worth area, um, but have been with the firm for about six years now uh, here in our headquarter office in, in Kansas City. We've got a couple offices around the country, Chicago, Denver, um, uh, Fort Collins, and our, have some boots down on the ground in, in Texas, but no physical office yet. Um, and we believe in industry expertise. So we only do a couple things. Um, our, our thesis is don't be a jack of all trade and, and a master of none. Uh, play in a, a certain industry vertical and be an expert. And so I, I lead our uh, commercial real estate practice, which um, touches every uh, facet of, of commercial assets, um, office retail, industrial, uh, short-term uh, hotels, uh, motels, resorts, uh, but the bulk uh, majority of it is multifamily. And so that, that probably makes up about 80 85% of our real estate book. And from a unit count perspective, that is north of 300,000 units now. So we, uh, you know, in non-COVID times, uh, usually on a flight in a couple different cities a week, uh, traveling around, meeting with owners, uh, operators, property management firms, and, and developers in the uh, multifamily space. Yeah. That's great. And Colin and I first met through uh, a client of ours. We went to a Dallas Cowboys game. So <laughs> Colin, That's right. much. I, I kind of got looped in last minute, but I was thankful to uh, to meet you and, and one uh, cheer the Cowboys on to victory. Yeah, no, that was probably one of their best games of the year. And I am a, a big Cowboys fan. So that was a lot of fun. 
It was that it was. So um, this is kind of a loaded question, but are we in a hard or soft market today? Well, unfortunately, we are in the hardest market um, that we've uh, experienced in, in the habitational space uh, in the property market since 9-11. So we are we are in the hardest market um, that, that we've seen um, in recent times. Uh, the liability side, which was uh, taken, taken along just fine, um, kind of right in the middle of the road, has also started to become very hard. Uh, for you know, primary general liability, and then for uh, umbrella or excess liability markets as well. So uh, right now, it's it's a tough it's a tough market out there. And, and what's driving that tough or hard market in Texas? Yeah. So the biggest, you know, uh, the property side is where, you know, 90% of the dollars are spent in the habitational space uh, for apartment owners, right? Your true uh, bricks and sticks, um, uh, you know, property coverage. And what has happened is, you know, probably about three, four years ago, carriers were, they had a lot of ha- uh, appetite for the the risk of apartments. They were fighting with each other and just buying business left and right. And so it was a very soft market. We were able to name terms, uh, name rates, you know, and, and it was a very favorable market for buyers. Um, fast forward, right? We've had considerable losses um, hit the U.S. Um, from, from a macro perspective, right? There were $14 billion storms uh, or incidents, occurrences last year that, that hit the U.S. So we've got wildfires out west. We've got hurricanes making landfall. We've had floods, um, big wind hail occurrences. And that's what's, what's driving it. It's, you know, the catalyst of, of the hard market. Um, there were certainly attritional losses in the Midwest and down the South into Texas um, over the past five years. But really, Harvey Irma Maria is what we point to at the end of, of 17 um, as the true catalyst. And then, you know, right after that, we've had tough years in 18 and 19. So it has uh, just been a combination of a lot of those, those items on the property side. Um, on the, the liability side, we're starting to see, you know, people always are suing folks, um, but jury awards have started going up. And so you start to hear this, this term called social inflation, which is just referring to uh, the, the higher uh, jury payouts uh, that are being award, uh, awarded to plaintiffs in lawsuits. And so where things were being settled at 500 or 600,000 in the past or, you know, going north of a million, 2 million. Um, you know, we've, we've had clients that have been sued for policy limits. And so it's, it's, it's really across the board, making it tough on the carriers. And when the carriers aren't making money, they're not, uh, inclined, uh, to cut those rates. So, uh, our, our big thought is, you have to have an expert who understands it and can work with you uh, for an individual, um, an individualistic strategy for, for your mm-hmm. portfolio, your assets. Okay. And, and this may be a broad question because um, I know you cover a lot of different asset classes and a, a lot of different markets, but, um, and you may have to look at the data, but just kind of curious if you're able to provide 
what what is the premium, um, the increase in premium that you've seen kind of year over year looking at last year and this year um, specifically for multifamily? Yeah. And maybe you don't know the answer to that question. I know it's definitely gone up, but well, I don't know if is it like maybe yeah. around a 5%, a 10% or what that looked like. Yeah, well, the Wall Street Journal just uh, put out an article uh, a couple weeks ago that the industry average is about 30%. Um, a lot of the industry periodicals that I've seen, um, you know, CARES are expect, expecting to ask for rate increases in a uh, double digit fashion. So, you know, 15 to, to 30, um, let's call it. Um, it's really, you know, and that's probably just across the board for frame habitational, right? So, uh, and that's that's probably also, you know, just the middle of the road that takes into account your you're down to your tax credit, Section Eight, Section Forty Two, USDA Five One Five, all the way up to your luxury Class A renters by choice, um, and then all of the uh, BC assets in between. Um, we we definitely see that the nicer, uh, newer assets, those luxury Class A that are sprinklered, um, even if they are framed, if they're not framed, they're getting a better rate, right? If they, uh, if, if they are framed, um, they're seeing a little bit harder. If they're not sprinklered, they're seeing it a little bit harder. And then it's- What, really what do you mean by sprinkler? Sprinklered, uh, yeah, from a life safety perspective, if, if the asset has uh, fire sprinklers okay. in, the, in, in the asset. So, um, and then- you know, then it comes down to to more of some of the microeconomics, right? So um, there are, you know, what's your loss history look like? What part of town are you in? Are, you know, are you in an area that has a tougher crime score? Those are all things that carriers are getting really uh, granular on. Um, and so, you know, it's it's really a mix of understanding what you have, being honest and getting a good strategy, uh, getting in front of it and getting a good strategy out there to deploy. OK, and what do you recommend if um, an investor is going to make a bid on a multifamily property? Uh, do you recommend that they reach out to you prior and, and get a ballpark or? or yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So 100 percent. So um the if you're making a bid right i think the biggest uh pitfall that i see uh people make and and maybe more newer guys um greener um greener firms right um is they're just using a blanket per door cost right and uh you know they might look at the om and say well they're paying whatever 250 a door 350 a door um you know we had a lot of people doing that over the years past we have trained all of our clients to get get us engaged, get us engaged quick. Um, when meeting folks out at conferences, I'm, that's always advice I say, whether it's me or somebody else, right? Get a broker, an insurance broker involved early on, right? And get some details uh, regarding the assets. So yeah, can we take a look at it and figure out what, what it is, what's your lender going to dictate and give you a ballpark from there so you're re- using a realistic figure because, uh, you know, what we see sometimes when that doesn't happen is you've underwritten 300 a door and they have to get to 300 a door and they're taking on way more deductible exposure than they intended to. Right. So um, I, you know, advice is 
get get me get get an insurance broker involved early, um, and so that you can make a, a good informed decision and with true underwriting figures for for insurance costs. Okay, that's great. What deductible options are available to mitigate some of these higher premiums? Like for example, wind and hail. Yeah, so wind and hail, right? It, that's where the carriers, as I mentioned, have lost uh, the most money in in Texas, right? In North Texas, um, to be honest, is is more difficult uh, to to get insurance carriers uh, and find appetite for those types of risk in North Texas than it is down in Houston. That you know was sustained by you know hit hit by losses with Harvey, right? It's sitting right there on the the, the Gulf, um, and the reason is because you might get a Harvey every 10 years or whatnot, but there's going to be wind and hail in North Texas every year. Uh, and the carriers know it. Right. So, um, I believe that night we were at the uh, Cowboys game. We came out of the Cowboys game. There was nine tornadoes that had hit North Texas. And, you know, that was a billion dollar storm. Uh, you know, that, that all of the activity that caused in North Texas there. So, um, you can take on higher exposure. Certainly, you know, the most prominent lender, you know, is, is a Fannie or Freddie deal that we see their terms will let you typically take on about 5%, um, wind and hail, uh, deductible, you know, and, and I don't, we don't rush into that, obviously. I mean, that those numbers can, can stack up pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, you got to, uh, $10 million asset, right? That's a, that's a 500,000 half million dollar deductible uh, for a wind and hail event. But those are the types of things where the carriers are, you know, going to give credit, right? They, you know, the, the all other perils deductible, your property deductible, that's typically for fires, or if somebody runs a, a car into a building or something like that, you know, where we were seeing those at 10 and 25, carriers would like them to be at 25 or at a hundred grand. So that's where you're seeing the most appetite in, in North Texas. It's probably, you know, where 1% and 2% over the years past was, was standard for wind hail. You know, we're seeing two and 3%. We do have care, uh, uh, clients who want to get to a price and get to a number and, you know, we'll do a 4%. Um, haven't had anybody take 5% in North Texas, but it can be done. The lenders will allow it. Um, and then what we always try to look at is take a look at the loss history of your portfolio of that asset, right? And say, okay, how would it have performed? You know, you've been buying 10. What if you had a 50K deductible? Would you have used your insurance over the past five years? Would you have, you know, could you have created uh some some cost savings by bumping that up to 50 and you know save forty thousand dollars year over year for the past five years um you know those are the types of things that we try to try to dig down into and, and help you look at it and help you make a more educated transparent decision awesome are you seeing you, you mentioned uh lender requirements are you seeing the coverage requirements change for any of the lenders well not not so much um Fannie and Freddie did uh, revise their insurance requirements very slightly at the end of 2019. Um, you know, probably the biggest change there is they made a, a slight tweak to their uh, rubric that they use for umbrella or excess liability terms. Um, you know, typically they, they would say if it's a one, one to three story asset 
on a one-off policy, all you needed was a million. Now it's 2 million. So, and it kind of ticks up from there. Uh, so nothing uh, too drastic on that front. What we are seeing is that carriers are forcing higher replacement costs. Um, whereas, you know, in years past, some carriers would let you go down to you know, 65 a foot for frame habitational. And now we're seeing that, that minimum closer to 80, 85 for some carriers. And then there are some carriers who will even say, look, we'll let you go down a little bit lower, but we're going to rate it as if it was a hundred dollars a foot re, re, replacement cost. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they're using Marshall and Swift that, you know, they were burned, you know, if it was something that was insured at 60 a foot and there was a loss and they paid out 120 a foot, well, they're tired of getting stuck with that Delta. Right. And so they're just pushing, uh, pushing that. So it's more from the carriers that we've seen than uh, as opposed to the lenders. Great. And are you seeing any trends with regard to business interruptions, which for those that don't don't know, is like a loss of rents if one of your multifamily buildings catches on fire. So um, any any trends in the business interruptions claims due to COVID-19? No, you know, uh, for for multifamily specific, right, um, we, you know, like I said, insure over 300,000 units and we've, our clients have been very lucky, um, the ones that are strictly multifamily guys and girls, right, is that they, you know, during COVID, people, I think, made an active attempt to, you know, shelter in place orders. Everybody wanted somebody to keep that, that, that the ability to shelter somewhere, right? And so we've seen a lot of our clients, there haven't had a lot of clients that have had true uh, business income losses during this period. Now, you change asset classes to the office, the retail, uh, the hospitality space, and they have seen a lot of interruption. Um, they have seen a lot of loss of income, and it's really going to to skew their business models. Um, typically, right, the property coverage, your generic property, general liability, and excess liability or umbrella have exclusions for pandemic, epidemic type risk uh, or type type claims. And so, uh, or the property side of it does um, still get d- defense costs on the liability side. But th- so there have been a lot of claims uh, in the industry that were tried to uh, be claimed. And th- a lot of those have been denied. It is going to, to create an increase in cost at a macro level. Um, but I think what what will typically happen is the industry will be okay as long as there is no government action from a state government or a uh, or from Congress, right, from the uh, federal level, that would say those carriers need to pay out business interruption and business income losses regardless of what the policy says, right? Um, that would be detrimental to the industry, and that would cause uh, – that would be a big spike that would uh, cost every insured who insures anything across the, <laughs> across the world a lot of dollars in premium uh, income upcoming renewals. So, you know, I think what would what was prob what will probably happen is that similar to after nine eleven, Congress enacted um, TRIA uh, terrorism coverage that was an option, right? And many of the lenders, Freddie and Fannie. 
um, require that you have to have TRIA coverage. Um, and we get people saying, well, why do I have to pay this extra, you know, whatever it is. It, it's not a huge chunk, but they're always saying, why do I have to pay this? I don't think this asset's at risk for terrorism. And it's, well, Fannie and Freddie think you do. So um, I would think that maybe Congress might come up with a PRIA, you know, a pandemic uh, reinsurance uh, act that, uh, that would be an opt-in pool uh, to, to capture for future pandemics. But, you know, that's just, that's just my, uh, my thought on, on it. Um, there are some new products that are being developed uh, specifically for tourism and, and hospitality, aviation, things like that. Um, I was having a conversation with a broker from London uh, two weeks ago about some of the new products that they're developing uh, to, to, you know, provide business income coverage for pandemics. So uh, there, there are some things out there. We just haven't seen a big use or need for it in uh, the multifamily industry. Colin, what's the best way for listeners to reach out, learn more about Virtus, uh, yourself, and uh, your offering? Yeah. So I'd love to speak with anybody. Um, our website is just virtusinsurance.com. Um, Mark, you want to put my cell phone number uh, and, and uh, email address on there. It's just cclayback um, at virtusins.com. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time and uh, would love to have a conversation with, with anybody.